Welcome to the Eat Well, Sleep Great, Run Far podcast. My name is Will Franz, and I'm here to help you go farther, faster, and longer without injuries, gut problems, or giving up your favorite foods. This episode was originally recorded as a weekly live in the Trail and Ultra Running Nutrition group on Facebook. If you'd like to join these lives, watch past replays, or get any of the written summaries I do for these weekly, please head to the link in the show notes, drop me a comment, I'm happy to help you out. Now, let's get on with the episode. Uh, we are live. I think we're all set up. So, in the new space, back to my bedroom and office being all one unit, and that's just kind of where it's going to be for a bit. Um, thanks for joining. Today, we're going to get right into it, because I need to get back to programming for some athletes, and... I really wanted to talk about cramping today. I had this thought because I was doing a run the other day and my cap seized up. So it felt pretty relevant. I've also had a couple chats with people recently about them having the same experience, either a quad or a calf, just kind of cramping up and not letting go. So I wrote something about this a long time ago. If you want the kind of written breakdown of this, head to the guide section in this group. But we're just going to go over it here. And let me start by saying that we do not fully understand cramping. Anybody who says that they fully know how to prevent or treat cramping on a run is, is lying to you. Cramping is incredibly difficult to study for many reasons, and as a result, we just don't know a lot about it. There are a few likely sources, two of them being bigger than anything else. First is like an electrolyte salt water imbalance. So in other words, dehydration. Um, it could be just overall dehydration or just kind of wrong hydration, right? Like you could have enough water and not have enough sodium or potassium or something else. You could have plenty of those things, but not enough water to actually deliver it. Things are kind of weird, but an imbalance of electrolytes, salt and water. And then the other big one seems to be what is called spinal reflex secondary to fatigue. So basically, when you get tired, everything kind of goes wrong in your nervous system. It just gets a little weird, and it can misfire some signals. So spinal reflex, meaning that these signals coming from your spine out to your muscles, get a little wonky, and that happens when you get tired. <clears throat> Another way to phrase this would be undertraining. Like a lot of people would, would state it as that way as well. If you don't get fatigued in the first place, you're less likely to cramp. That said, if you're pushing yourself really hard, you're probably gonna get fatigued. So I view, think viewing it solely as undertraining is probably a little unfair. Now, these causes might be related. They might be completely independent. If you've cramped, you've probably experienced a little bit of both. You see a lot of people very much in like one camp or the other. There's the, you have to hydrate better, drink those electrolytes group of people, and they'll quote studies and tell stories. And this is, it's, that's really all they are. Like they're largely supported by personal evidence or anecdotes, which are fine, but we don't know that that's actually the reason. And a lot of the studies, if not all of them that I've seen that seem to prove that hydration fixes cramping has been done by larger sports drink companies. 
which again, does not completely discredit them, but it does have a conflict of interest, so we're not completely sure, right? So while hydration might be a huge factor, and I'll tell you it is for me, like I'll, I'll pull back the curtain, when I hydrate better, I cramp less, right? So I've, I've had that experience, but I can't prove it to you, right? And neither can any of these people. And those that do seem to prove it to you are very questionably funded, right? So that's one camp. The other camp seems to be electrolytes are bullshit. <laughs> you just have to train better. You have to get like, so you don't have fatigue. And they will quote studies from people like Tim Noakes, who definitely gone up the deep end lately. Um, but his original book was fantastic. And he'll also quote you studies like one done in PubMed a long time ago. And I will link these in the comments and the show notes, whether you're watching this or listening to this, right? But the second, the first study is a lot of conjecture. The second study is actually fairly well done. Um, they tested whether treating people who had cramps with magnesium seemed to make the cramps better. Unfortunately, they only tested magnesium. There's a bunch of electrolytes, right? They didn't really test sodium didn't really test potassium, they didn't test anything else, and also they didn't state which type of magnesium they used. So there's like six types of magnesium you can use as a supplement. Three of them are garbage and do nothing. Uh, two, one of them mostly goes to your like functions for your brain. Two of them are really good, right? So if we're not using those two, then who knows, right? <laughs> like we have no idea. So if they were using magnesium citrate, which is really common because it's super cheap, then that wasn't getting your muscles. It's a great diuretic. It probably made the, um, the people poop a lot more, but it had nothing to do with getting the magnesium where it needed to be to potentially prevent cramping. So this is kind of, th these are our issues, right? Like poorly done studies and conjecture. We have no idea. So in addition to those two, there might be unlimited other factors, right? Like running's hard, physical training is hard, all this shit's really hard. So to say that it only comes down to two things, especially when we're not sure about those two things, it's crazy, but we do seem to have some idea that improving these two things does help. So let's talk about like, strategies to maybe improve training, right? And then improve cramping on our long, our long runs and especially during our race. If you cramp regularly, you should probably try throwing a few things at the wall to see what helps you, right? Like you're not me, I'm not my athletes, like everybody's gonna find something that helps them a little differently, partially because you're deficient in different stuff. And then ideally you'd start early enough so you can experiment with these things off and on throughout your training and see what actually helps you by the time you get to your race. So let's talk about like six strategies that really seem to help. First is hydrate better, right? And I tell you this does work for me and to be clear, hydrate better does not necessarily mean drink more water. And I will tell you the cramping thing for me. My calves like to cramp. My feet love to cramp. A really tight fascia on my on the bottom of my feet. Muscles in my feet are really tight. I rolled them out. I've worked them to death. And they've gotten better, but they still love to cramp. When I was working night shift, I would often just not drink water during my whole shift. I'd forget, right? Super irresponsible. Still happened. So when I'd forget to drink water and then I'd do some stretching after my shift, then I would end up with cramps. When I drank more water and had a little food, I wouldn't end up with as many cramps. So 
this is one in the hydration seems to help bucket, at least for me. Now, this does not mean that you're always drinking more water. It means that we're drinking the right amount of water while also having the right amount of electrolytes. So you might not need electrolyte powders. You certainly don't need to rely on them only, right? We need to start by eating a varied whole food diet in your day-to-day -day life because nutrition, uh, nutrient deficiencies can stack over time. You can build a deficiency in potassium. It's not like you need it every day. It helps if you get it every day, but if you don't get it every day, it's not like you're suddenly dead. It will deplete over time and you're not gonna replenish it immediately either. So we need to like stay up on these things. So if you don't get a regular dose of potassium in your life, and to be clear, most people don't. Most of us get plenty, if not too much in some instances, sodium, and like very minimal potassium. So if we're not getting enough potassium, then we're gonna go into our race somewhat deficient. And you're not gonna fix that deficiency on race day. You're just not, right? Like you're working hard, you're constantly bleeding these things out. So you're not going to overcome a deficiency you had when you started. So we need to go into this well prepped and then maintain these levels as best we can throughout our race. That actually brings me specifically to potassium. This is number two. And I realize this could just be a subset of number one, but it, we need to talk about it. So potassium is an electrolyte. It's underappreciated. As I said in that study, like we've tested magnesium but potassium seems to have a bigger effect on cramping, and yet I haven't actually found a study that directly tests it. So my personal experience, like I do better and cramp less when I have higher levels of potassium. I can get this through bananas, potatoes, peanuts, like a bunch of foods, right? It's, it's high in leafy greens if you eat a bunch of those. You can get potassium from a wide variety of sources. You'll notice it's mostly plants. And if we don't eat any of those things, we'll end up in a de deficiency in potassium. You can absolutely have too much. So don't just go buy a bag of potassium citrate. That's a great way to stop your heart, right? If you do that, make sure you have a like gram scale like they use for drugs and you measure it very carefully according to the amount on the bucket or get like pre-designed capsules. But we can absolutely like keep up on our potassium. Or you can add a little molasses to your water that's super high, super high in potassium. And or we can get some products, right? Like these products like Scratch and Noon and all of these things are designed to replenish exactly these nutrients. So go into your race with good nutrition, get your potassium from a variety of sources, and then make sure we're keeping up on it throughout. This is why when I have people start testing or working with whole foods in their race, first two things I go to are bananas and potatoes. Not only because they're a great source of carbs mid-race and they digest really easily, but they have a bunch of bonus potassium and it tends to help a bit with cramping. So that's number two, potassium. Number three, stay cool. Cramps are exacerbated by the heat, full stop. And this is not humidity. This is not necessarily directly related to sweat rate. It's specifically related to heat. If you can mitigate the heat, then you will improve your cramping. And I think this is where we see a bit of crossover here, right? So if it is hotter, you sweat more, it's harder to hydrate, so you're gonna end up with problems one and two. Now, if it's hotter, you're also 
much more likely to fatigue for a wide range of reasons and your central nervous system is going to be on a higher alert and you're going to end up with some of those nervous system problems secondary to fatigue so problem number two so if we can stay cool this will do very well and we're going to have a whole thing on cooling at some point here but the fastest way to drop your actual core body temperature where it matters is to cool your palms like upper parts of your cheeks and the bottoms of your feet this is called our Galabrius skin it's the skin that doesn't grow hair right and it has like a direct shunt to your brain from for heat management so if you're overheating grab some ice in your hands and hold it until they get cool to the touch that's what we're looking for and you probably don't want to cool your feet because you're going to get them wet and that'll lead to blisters you might not want to put a bunch of water on your face i do i enjoy it but you can definitely grab some in our hands and that will help you bleed heat quickly so that would be number three is stay cool and we need to find shade we can stay hydrated that'll help us stay cool we can put ice in our pack every time we hit an aid station but grab some ice in your hands it's a super fast easy way to do this four we're now moving from anything related to hydration into com completely these things that deal with our like spinal reflex right so these are all these nervous system things number four is eat some acidic bitter or spicy foods since cramping is at least partially a misfire of some neural connections of already tired muscles we can help cramps by temporarily interrupting that misfire right and for most people spicy bitter or acidic foods do a really good job of interrupting that misfire this is one reason why pickles seem to help yes they provide sodium yes they provide a little bit of hydration but they're also acidic because most pickles are vinegar pickles so they'll have that acidity and that salty acidic flavor can break that neural misfire and help you stop cramping there's also a product that i'm blanking on the name of i tried to find it but it's called like hot shots or something and it's functionally cayenne pepper in vinegar and it is sold in different forms by different people one as a cramping cure and two as a hangover cure both <laughs> i think it has much more purpose as the first but you're breaking that misfire through the spiciness of the cayenne and the acidity of the vinegar and that will help a lot um, for a lot of people so pickles can help with cramps not just because they're salty but because the acidity will help break that neural misfire right so that's another thing we're looking for our fifth one is stretching so if you've had a cramp it is likely that you've tried stretching and that might or might not have helped it has helped me for sure especially my calves it doesn't help my feet as much it helps my calves a lot though so taking a couple seconds we're talking like 30 to 90 seconds to stretch your cramping muscle can help and you're not trying to get more flexible here this is not a whole mobility or flexibility protocol you don't have to step off to the side of the trail and be there for five minutes if it's going to work 30 to 60 maybe on the outer end 90 seconds of a focused status static stretch should help stop the misfire right and this again is not like we're lengthening the muscle this is 
breaking that connection. You're firing, you're providing a different stimulus to this muscle to help break that misfire. So that's another thing that help cramping in the moment. And six, training. <laughs> like if we train more, train better, we will have less cramping. And this is clearly not a race day strategy, but it's important, right? And I, I feel like we need to, need to mention it. So if you train better, train more, um, get more fit, have a higher ability to create velocity, um, all of these things, then you will not get tired as easily on your race and you will not have these neural misfires as much because you're not gonna get fatigued quite as quickly. So one of the best things you can do for cramping is to become better trained. So you're less likely to fatigue or less likely to fatigue as early into your race. So those are my six things I think people should give a shot, right? Hydrate better. It's not necessarily more, it's better. Hydrate better. Two, which is basically 1B, is potassium. Potassium should be part of your hydration strategy. And that can be through products or it can be through potatoes. It doesn't matter. Get some potassium and don't go into your race deficient. Eat a whole food varied diet. Three, stay cool. If you're overheating, Use whatever you need to do to bring that temperature down, but grabbing some ice in your hands can go a really long way. Four, eat some acidic, bitter, or spicy foods to help break that neural misfire. Five, stretching. Short, 30 to 60 seconds. Stretch the affected muscle, and that should provide a different stimulus that can also help that misfire. And six, training, right? Like if you train more, train better, get fitter, you will not fatigue as early and you will not be as likely to end up with cramps in the first place. So that's what I got for six. Um, if you have any questions, please pop them in the comments. I will try to answer them before I go. And one question in the group for this, for question corner, and it was, what is the best meal plan for a runner? And basically I can't answer that, right? Like that is actually what I have to say here. Um, this is going to depend on you. It is going to depend on your training cycle. Um, when do you train throughout your day? Like carbs should be a part of your training. It should be around your training. If you train in the morning, then your breakfast is likely going to look different than if you train in the evening for a lot of people. Um, in general, you need to eat enough to support your training. So if you're under eating, you're going to get hurt. If you are not getting enough protein, you're not going to be able to repair your muscles. So we need to hit those basics. And if you're interested in this, please go to the meal guide that I created. And I will pop a link for that in the comments as well, in addition to the other two. And the show notes as well for the podcast. But for the most part, like we need to hit our calorie minimums. Do not eat a fat loss diet when you're trying to achieve performance. And on that front, also hit your protein so that you can repair from all the work you're doing. And then you need a fat, a minimum amount of fat to support hormones and cell walls and brain function and all of that stuff. And then you also need enough carbohydrate to help manage cortisol and restore glycogen, especially on your harder training days. That's what we're really looking for. There is no perfect meal plan for anybody. There's no perfect meal plan even for the same person, a different person in their life but there are some general principles that we can follow. This is why I don't like meal plans. Um, they can be super useful, 
but they don't really, they're a short-term solution to a very long-term problem. So check out the guide. If you have any questions, I'm happy to help you individually deal with this stuff, but it's not a one-size-fits-all solution. So if you have any questions, um, hit me up either in the group or on my DMs. It's absolutely fine. I'll, I'd love to talk with you. And for now, that's all I have for today. Thanks for sticking around, and I will be back next week with another one. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the show. To be clear, I'm not a doctor nor a registered dietitian, and nothing you heard was medical advice. You should always speak with a qualified medical professional before making any changes to your training regimen. If you enjoy the podcast or found it useful, please take a couple seconds to give it a rating or share it with a friend. Every little bit helps. And if you want more of this information, please head to the Trail and Ultra Running Nutrition Group on Facebook. You'll be in good company with other like-minded people who like to do hard stuff outside.